Have you ever thought, I wish I had more time? Anybody? Anybody not ever thought that, I wonder? Or that there are not enough hours in the day to get everything done? I wonder how many times you've thought that just this week, perhaps. It's a common symptom of our society, isn't it? Which suffers from the disease of hurry and busyness. It's what many people call hurry sickness. And in Psychology Today, they wrote, uh, we've got it coming up on the screen, I hope. By definition, hurry sickness is a behavior pattern characterized by continual rushing and anxiousness, an overwhelming and continual sense of urgency. As if that isn't bad enough, it's also defined as a malaise in which a person feels chronically short of time and so tends to perform every task faster to get, and to get flustered when encountering any kind of delay. Happened to me this week. Uh, I, I presume that sounds familiar for you as well. Uh, I just felt stressed reading that uh, without anything else. But yeah, and there's lots of advice out there, isn't there, on how to deal with stress and what happens to the chemicals in our bodies, such as cortisol, which are released by long-term stress and the negative effects that that has upon us. And if you've read any of those kinds of things, you'll know the advice is things like stop multitasking, it's bad for you, or to use some of the time management tools. I have some great material on that if you're interested, but that's not where we're going today. Or perhaps you are one of the sufferers of the hashtag FOMO, fear of missing out in case you're still in the last century. The dic dictionary definition is anxiety that an exciting or interesting event may currently be happening elsewhere, often aroused by posts seen on social media. And we could lay into social media, couldn't we? It's very easy to do. But actually there is an underlying issue that we suffer from the overuse of social media is simply a symptom of that. According to Time magazine, FOMO is the uneasy and sometimes all-consuming feeling that you're missing out, that your peers are doing, are in the know about, or in possession of uh, more or something better than you. Under this framing of FOMO, nearly three-quarters of young adults reported they experienced the phenomenon. Sometimes you see this amongst followers of Jesus who are afraid that they're going to miss out on experiencing God or the next thing, the next revival, and so they have to get to the next meeting. You know, whether it be, uh, you know, it was Toronto, then it was Bethel, then it was somewhere else, and, and so they rush from meeting to meeting. Don't want to miss it. Let's compare that with what Jesus said, said shall we? In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, which I guess is probably most of us, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Does that sound a better option? It does to me. Rest for our souls instead of the anxiety of missing out, of being overlooked, of being overloaded, of needing to have more, missing the next promotion, the next this, whatever it may be. 
And a question we can ask ourselves right at the beginning is, would we, be rather, would we rather be shaped by Jesus or by the pressure of society? If you'd like to learn Jesus' way of doing things, then let's have a look at what he said, because this morning's talk is called Rest in a Restless World. And the first heading is Come to Jesus for Rest. Look again at what he said in Matthew eleven twenty-eight: Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So Jesus says, I'll give you rest. You will find rest for your souls. Rest is available. And this morning, we're just going to touch on the depth and the quality of rest that Jesus has available for us. Now, let's take a a sort of parallel thing to rest. Let's think about peace for a moment. When Jesus promised peace, he said it was a peace that the world couldn't give. John 14, 27, Jesus said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. It's a peace that goes beyond anything that the world can offer, And it's so much more than sitting on a beach with a pina colada. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm very happy to do that a lot. But uh, the peace that Jesus has for us is so much more. It's peace in the middle of the storm. It doesn't depend upon the circumstances around us. It's not, therefore, the absence of difficulty. It's not the absence of storms. But it's peace when there is no peace. You may be familiar with the story of when Jesus was in the boat crossing the Sea of Galilee, and he was fast asleep, he was exhausted, and his followers shook him awake. These hardened sailors were terrified that the boat was going to sink. They They were in the middle of a terrifying storm, and they didn't know what to do. But the storm held no fear for Jesus. His circumstances didn't dictate what was happening inside him. He had a peace that was beyond what the world could give, that was beyond his circumstances. And so he was able to rest in the middle of the storm. He knew absolutely that he was safe in his father's hands. In the same way that uh, peace is not just peace, peaceful situation, rest can be a lack of activity, And we know the importance of getting the right amount of sleep and switching off, switching off from the internet and all that kind of thing. But the rest that Jesus offers us is so much greater than that. Just as peace comes in the middle of the storm, we carry or can carry rest in a restless world. And to do that, we need to come to Jesus. He is the source of the rest. And the invitation is there. Come to me. It's there for everybody, all of you, anybody who needs it, anytime, come to me for rest. No matter how tired or burdened we are, the, uh, the rest is available for us. And we won't find it in social media, more parties, more sleep, more holidays, more anything else. There is a rest that can only be received by coming to Jesus. 
And all those other things can be good as well, and it's important that you know, I make sure I take my quota of holiday, I make sure I take a full 24 hours off every week, and I try to make sure I rest properly. Those are important. They are not just convenient things that are good for us, they're actually commanded in Scripture as well. But there is a rest that can only be received by coming to Jesus. Because Jesus brings rest to our souls, to the deepest part of us. And part of this process of coming to Jesus is surrender. When we first come to Jesus, we surrender our lives to him, and we commit to following him for the rest of our lives. Most of you are familiar with that. But the more time we spend following Jesus, the more we realize that actually there are whole areas of our lives that we actually haven't fully surrendered, if we're honest, that we haven't really let go. And the result of that is that we don't have the fullness and depth of rest that Jesus wants for us. I found that the more that I let go, the more I surrender, the more of Jesus I have. The closer I come to him, the more peace I receive and the more rest there is for my soul. There are things that I carry, and I know some of you carry things like these as well because we've talked about it, but things uh, like uh, insecurities, desire for approval and recognition, selfish ambition, worldly comforts, and so on. And those things can get in the way of coming close to Jesus. My personal, personal brokenness is a hindrance in coming closer to Jesus. And that's why ministry for healing of the memories, such as using the Emmanuel prayer tool that we have, is so important. And as I've, I've said it before, and I'll say it again, I recommend something like an Emmanuel prayer session once a week, just as a normal, routine part of our spiritual walk with God to keep us healthy. Because we all carry way more baggage than we realize. But sometimes God takes us through a season of healing. And that's an important part of our walk with God, that we allow for those seasons of healing. And during that time, you may may need a lot more hospital time. You may need a lot more than one session a month uh, in ministry time. And God allows us to go through those hospital times, those times of healing, because he loves us so much, because he wants us to be able to get closer to him. And he knows that the only way that we can get closer to him is by dealing with the baggage that we've collected throughout our lives. So the first thing is come to Jesus for rest. The second thing is to obey Jesus for rest. I'm sure you're familiar with the, we'll go on to the next slide, with the pre-tractor method of cultivating fields where two oxen were yoked together. And uh, this is the image that Jesus is using in the next verse, in Matthew 11, verse 29, where he says, Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. The way a younger ox was trained was by yoking it together with an older one. Older, stronger, more experienced. The younger one, if it kept close, it made life so much easier because the yoke wouldn't rub. 
And that was the way of training it. And the, the closer they walked together, the easier it was for both of them and the more profitable it was for both. And the result was that the older oxen would carry most of the weight and teach the younger one what to do. And that's what Jesus is offering here, that he would take the weight. For that to happen, we have to get close to him. We also have to take his yoke upon us. And that means being obedient to the direction he's taking. It means being obedient to the things that he's telling us to do. Because otherwise we're trying to pull off at a different direction the whole time. So surrender to Jesus is the key. His direction in our lives, not just in the big things, but also in the little details as well. Now, I don't know whether you've uh, read this verse before and thought, that's not true. Jesus' yoke is not easy, and the burden he's given me is not light. And I think that's the reality. That's what it feels like for many of us, isn't it? Uh, it could simply be that we're feeling that because we've, we're not close enough to Jesus or that there's something in our lives that's preventing us from being able to sit easily under his yoke and that we're pulling off at different directions. And over the last few years, I've been very conscious of Jesus talking to me about this verse and that there is a way to shift the burden so that Jesus takes more of the weight. For that only comes through a deeper surrender than I've known before. For those of you who are interested in these things, uh, we'll go on to the next slide, please. The Greek word in verse 30 uh, is unusual, the way it's, it's put together. When most translations put my yoke is easy, the Greek word uh, that's translated easy is krestos. Uh, it's the only place it's used in the Bible, and it means useful. Now, I looked at that, and I thought, hmm, I wonder why they've done that, and I'm not a Greek scholar. So I uh, emailed a friend who is, and he said he could see that why they had translated it that way, but it wasn't the most obvious way to translate it. And so possibly uh, an alternative or maybe even a more accurate translation would be that Jesus is saying, my yoke is useful for you. I find it very useful when Jesus takes the weight. It makes life so much easier. It means uh, I can do the things that he's calling me to do without fear, without being overburdened, without getting grumpy, without snapping at people. Jesus carries the burdens of life. Now, God's been speaking to me about rest for about two years, really deliberately. It's coming up almost every day in my quiet times. And uh, so, as I said before, I am a slow learner. But I think also there is so much about rest for us to learn that as a society, we, we don't know. Now, in the middle of all this, God speaking to me in my quiet times about rest. People have been giving me prophecies about rest. And then in the middle of that, God said, right, I want you to start a new business. There are a whole load of things I want you to think about uh, with regard to church, but I also want you to start a new business. And I said to him, really? You know, I thought you were talking about rest. You know, I, I assumed that meant doing less, and sometimes it does mean doing that. But this has been an exercise for me in allowing God to take the weight of family, of church, of business, 
of what's happening now, about what he may have for us in the future. Those of you who've done Strengths Finder, um, one of my top five is, the, is that I'm a futurist. I'm constantly thinking about the future. That brings its own uh, burdens and nonsense at times. But, uh, you know, life has been really, really busy over these last few months with lots of decisions, lots of ups and downs. But Jesus takes the weight. At least when I let him take the weight, he takes the weight. So obey Jesus for rest. And sometimes that looks illogical, but he's, he's there, he'll take it. Third thing, last one for this morning, strengthen your faith to find rest. There's a, moving on, there's a, a, an interesting passage in the Bible in Hebrews 4 verse 1 where it says, the promise to enter the place of rest is still good and we must take care that none of you miss out. The Jewish people had tied up so much of their hopes uh, about God with possessing the land of Israel, and still do today. And for them, rest was about possessing the land and being free from their enemies. The land flowing of milk and honey, a place of blessing, a place of rest, true shalom, where it's not just peace, but it's about prosperity, it's, you know, it's everything that's good. And this was a promise God gave them. But in Hebrews 4, it tells us once again that rest is so much more than that. It's not about a physical place of rest. You may want to dig into this passage a bit more because there's way more in there than we can look at this morning. The writer tells us that, that there is rest still available for us, but also that it's possible to miss out on rest. So look at verse 2. We've heard the message, just as they did, but they failed to believe what they heard, and the message did, didn't do them any good. Only people who have faith will enter the place of rest. We're being told that this place of rest is not primarily a physical place. It's not just about getting more sleep or using our time well, although, as I've said, those things are very good. There is a spiritual rest that Jesus has available for us. But don't think that just because it's spiritual that it only affects our spirit. That's uh, an erroneous Greek way of thinking. When Jesus touches our spirit, he touches every part of our being. And so this rest is something that touches our spirit, but it, it touches our emotions. It touches our soul, the deepest part of us. It touches our thinking. It changes our thinking. It touches every part of our lives. And the writer tells us here that it's necessary to have faith to be able to enter into this place of rest. Faith, trusting in God, just like Jesus did when he was in the boat. Believing that what God has said is true and that he can fulfill what he's promised. Trust, once again, means surrender to the sovereignty of God and trusting in his unconditional love for us. When we feel overwhelmed, we come back and we surrender to him again and we receive what we need. When we go through Seasons of the Soul, some of you may remember that material that we did a little while back, there are points where our faith is put to the test. 
well, regular points where our faith is put to the test, but there are some bigger points as well. And there's the season often called the dark night of the soul where it's possible that our faith in Jesus is severely challenged and for some people to the extent that they almost lose their faith in Jesus altogether. And these are people who have been preaching the good news, who have seen people come to know Jesus, who have prayed for the sick and seen them healed, possibly even people who've raised the dead, cast out demons, and then suddenly something happens inside that completely shakes us, and it feels like the carpet's been pulled out from underneath us, and our faith in Jesus is severely challenged. It's a really hard period, season, to go through, and we need people around us to help us with that and that's one of the many reasons why God puts us in a church in his family his body together so that we can support each other now this book of Hebrews is written to a group of Jewish priests who had uh, come to faith in Jesus they realized that uh, the Jewish religion didn't contain everything they needed and they came to Jesus they uh, started following him but then because of life's difficulties they were tempted to give up on their faith in Jesus and return back to their old legalistic ways of doing things. And you may recognize the pattern that when you first came to Jesus, there was excitement about who he is and what he's done for you, and the, there was a, perhaps a reality, a real excitement about uh, all of that. And then after a bit, months, years go by, and those, you know, those bubbly feelings disappear, don't they? Um, and life becomes hard, and we can be tempted to give up. Now, you may say, I would never give up my faith in Jesus. Glad to hear that. But it can be so much more subtle than that, can't it? We withdraw just a little bit. We get disappointed just a little bit. We hit a, we hit a problem, and, and we just, it, it impacts us. It, hits our, uh, it affects our soul, our deep, the deepest part of us. And we just withdraw a little bit, and we allow our circumstances to dictate what we believe instead of what we believe being dictated by God's Word. And it may be that we stop going to connection group, or we withdraw from our community, or... We pull off our Sunday ministry, and those are some of the more visible things that are happening, but actually it's what's happening in here that's the really important thing, that we, we lose that confidence in God. We lose that awareness uh, of how good he is. We lose the vision of God's greatness. And it happens inside, and slowly, little bit by little bit, we withdraw from Jesus. And so it tells us in these verses, only people who have faith will enter the place of rest. If we're feeling overburdened, then it's time to strengthen our faith. It's time to move closer to Jesus. Do the opposite of what you feel like doing. Now, that can mean creating some space so that we can spend more time being alone with Jesus. And as we saw a week or so back, the average person spends two hours a day on social media. Well, how about cutting that down to 10 minutes? or if that's too much of a stretch for you, cut it to an hour so that you have an extra hour every day to be able to spend with Jesus. You're, I'm presuming that your uh, activity on social media is not going to change the world that much. For most people, it doesn't. So let's do something that really makes a difference. Let's make this a priority of digging into Jesus. It could mean creating some space to receive ministry, to say, 
I'm going to carve out this slot every week so that I can receive some Emmanuel prayer, and I'm really going to pursue these things until my faith comes alive again. And it may be that you need somebody to keep you accountable to that as well, because these things can be difficult to do on our own, can't we? Can't they? they we, if we have other people who surround us and support us, it makes it so much easier to, to do a good job of these things. But if we move away from Jesus, the rubbing of the yoke will get worse, and we will end up feeling more like giving up. So jumping, uh, I was going to say jumping on, it says Hebrews 3.11, I think it must be, I think it's meant to be 4.11 actually. We should do our best to enter that place of rest, so that none of us will disobey and miss out going there as they did. What God has said isn't only alive and active, it is sharper than any double-edged sword. His word can cut through our spirits and souls and our joints and marrow until it discovers the desires and thoughts of our hearts. Nothing is hidden from God. He sees through everything. And we will have to tell him the truth. Now, we often use verse 12 there, a slightly different wording, to talk about how powerful the Bible is. And that's absolutely true. But actually, the context of that verse, it's talking about rest. And in the verses I've missed out, it talks about a rest that is available now, but also a rest that will be available when we go to be with Jesus for eternity. And both the rest we have now and the rest in the future requires faith. It's not one or the other. We talk about now and the future, or the now and the not yet of the kingdom of God. That we don't see the fullness of everything that Jesus has for us in this life but we do see some of it, and we can pursue more. And God wants us to have the breakthroughs so that there is more. That's what the Lord's Prayer is all about. It's a kingdom prayer. It's a prayer about accessing the future and making it a reality today. That the reality of heaven would become the reality in our lives here on earth. Revelation 14, 11. Write this down. Blessed are those who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, they are blessed indeed, for they will rest from their hard work, for their good deeds follow them. There is a rest from the hard work in this life, uh, and also in eternity where the curse of the fall is broken. But we know that work in this life is a gift from God, and He wants us to find rest in our work as as well as rest from our work. And both of those require faith on our part, a faith that leads us closer to Jesus. So rest in a restless world. We have so much from God that is wonderful, it's unique, it's life-giving, and it's a gift from God to the people He's created. Rest from FOMO, from hurry sickness, peace and rest in the middle of the storm because of our closeness to Jesus our ability to be able to hear and obey what he says, and our willingness to strengthen our faith when it's challenged. And it comes, all of those come from a place of deeper surrender to Jesus. The yoke that Jesus offers us means that he will take the weight so that even the most busy and the most stressful times, uh, we can have rest for our souls. 
It's not that Jesus is saying necessarily you ought to be doing less, although he may say that to some people. In other cases, he'll, he'll be saying, I want you to do more. I want you to take more weight. You know, I'd love to see people raised up in this church who are able to re lead multinational companies, who are able to be members of parliament. Incredible pressures they, uh, they face. Pray, pray for your MPs. Uh, the breakdown of marriage amongst MPs is huge because of the pressures that they're under. We need to be people who can take weight because people who can take weight are the people who are going to make a difference in this world. So let's pursue Jesus together so that we have rest from our souls. Last verse, Psalm 127, verse 2. It is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat, for God gives rest to his loved ones. I could talk on that one for another hour or two, I think, but I won't. You'll be pleased to hear. But I think so much of what we do is generated by the pressures that we feel inside rather than directed by God. And I think it's true of churches as well. In vain you rise early praying and stay up all night praying, anxiously being legalistic in your religion towards God because God gives rest. And sometimes God calls us to wake up early and sometimes he tells us to do an all-nighter and those things are good. But if we're just doing them out of a pressure to feel like we've got to do this. and all... Anyway, I'll stop there. God wants to give us rest. Free from worrying about having enough. FOMO-free. Able to carry the weight that he's given us without it overburdening us. Able to have rest in the middle of a restless world. Let's stand together. Jesus, we acknowledge that you've got it and we haven't. That you are God and we are not. And we need you. We need you so much more than we realize. And you've done so much more for us than we realize. We thank you for that amazing thing that Jesus did for us when he died on the cross and rose again. We thank you that the power of sin, the power of darkness, the power of evil is broken now and that you invite us as your children to walk into light and to receive these wonderful things that you have for us. Thank you that you invite us to come to you, whether it's the first time just to say, yes, Jesus, I need you, or whether we come to you just once again, another day, Another day needing your mercy, another day needing your love. We say, Jesus, we need you. Would you forgive us for all the stuff that we're still carrying? Would you forgive us for the things that we get wrong? Would you forgive us for the times when we ignore what you're saying or when we're so busy that we don't even hear what you're saying? We don't even hear that prompting of your spirit. And please, would you help us? We want to come under your yoke. We thank you that your yoke is light, that it is useful for us, that it's not overburdening. And we ask that you'd show us how to do that. Show us how to shift under the yoke so that you carry the weight. 
and we commit ourselves into your hands, Jesus, and we say, would you have your way? Would you release more of your life in our lives and in the lives of those around us, in the lives of the people of this city and this area and the towns and villages that surround? We want to see your life released. Jesus, would you come? Would you bring your life-giving revival to this area? And please would you use us in all our brokenness and weakness. Thank you that you love us so much.